Welcome to Still Growing in Grace, a program dedicated to inspiring joy, giving hope, and delighting in grace. I'm Mike Zenker, and I'll be sharing with you a message of hope that will expand your understanding of God's love and amazing grace. God already deeply loves you, totally accepts you, and really, really likes you. Growing in Grace Ministries Canada and Hope Fellowship, your community church, invite you to enjoy today's program as we dig deeper into what it means to be still growing in grace. Good morning and welcome to Still Growing in Grace. I'm so glad you took time to join us today. Uh, today's broadcast is going to be a very special one. We have a special author, teacher, uh, speaker, uh, Francois Dutoy. He has written uh, The Mirror Bible and a few other books. So this particular study Bible is uh, the one we're referring to today. This is one of my favorites. Um, it's like the... Uh, uh, if you've ever read the Amplified Bible, which takes one verse and expands it by double, this is triple or quadruple. <laughs> this, this is a devotional, uh, deeper uh, study type of Bible. That's why he calls it a study Bible. Um, Francois has a very unique gift in how he expresses the love of God. If you don't hear the love of God just coming from his heart in this interview, um, go back and watch again. Um, <laughs> but this is going to be a fantastic interview. I hope you'll enjoy this. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to get different voices from around the world to share hope in this time of COVID stress. And we need more good news. We need more encouragement. Uh, we need to stop looking at the bad and focusing on it and instead uh, be magnetically drawn into the life and love of Christ and become life givers to others. So enjoy this next interview. And uh, I'm glad you took time to watch and tune into Still Growing in Grace. Hey, hey. Mike. So oh, wonderful to see your face, my brother. Here we are. Oh, my goodness. How <laughs> are the you? the other side of the planet. You know what I'm going to need to do? I've rigged up this little thing, but I'm going to need an earphone. <laughs> sure. Now I've got you. I can hear okay, you. Okay, now you can hear me. Perfect. You don't Amazing. need a shout. I've got you, man. How are oh, you, my, my dear brother? Precious I'm really friend. good. How are you? This is a pleasure meeting you. I've never met you. This is it face-to-face, -face, man. I know. <laughs> this is so wonderful. My, my golly. It's already getting slightly um, near dark on this side. Okay. Um, yeah, we've just come back from a marvelous walk. And um, yeah, it's great to connect with you and great to, to have this opportunity to communicate. Uh, what, oh, what a my. day we live in. What a day we live in. <laughs> uh, I know. We're forced to go online. We're forced to learn our technology skills. They have to be quickly. Home. Yeah, quickly. Oh, my. <laughs> I, I was kind of getting ready for Zoom. And then I thought, well, I've never tried Be Live before. I love the well, word. The only reason I chose Be Live is because look, if you look at the screen, it changes the view, okay? It's just okay. It's, a, it's a nicer, cleaner look. And if I want to do this, watch this. Now I'm showing your book. All right, like I'm able to switch and show what you All have. Right. I, like I, I wanted to show off your a couple of your books, so I can do that when I have this. However, excellent this man. Can you see all the switching around? Pardon? Can you see all the switching around? Are you able to um, see what I'm seeing? No, I, I just see you. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I've got your this? book uh, on the screen. Oh well, let me see. There's a switch where I've got to flick it. No. 
I just see your beautiful face. That's perfect, brother. As long as you can see it. <laughs> Scary. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll close that. Okay. Well, hey, I, I honestly, I was uh, first things first. Um, great to meet you first. But uh, my wife loves the Mirror Bible. That, that's that's all she reads. Like uh, it, it sits in the <laughs> living room, and when everybody's gone, or she goes out to the swimming pool and sits by the pool and, and reads yeah. the Mirror. So that's kind of cool. Fantastic. Wonderful. Please do that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, we, we met people yesterday for the first time in 50 years. They used to drive down over a weekend. There were several people when we had our ministry 30 years ago in, in, in close to the Mozambique border. They okay. would drive down from other side of Johannesburg in Vanderbilt Park. And they actually met during one of those meetings where people would just come from Johannesburg and from all over, you know, to come and maybe spend a weekend with us. And yep. we, we still had the training facility then. And, um, and we've met them now yesterday for the first time in 30 years. Wow. And it's just, it's just so amazing. They come from a little town where there's a fellowship that only engages with the Mirror Bible, you know. And, and so they, they didn't even realize that I, I was the author of the Mirror Bible. <laughs> they kind of just. <laughs> well, that's funny. It was just so fun to connect with them again. And we were going to go just for coffee yesterday morning. Yep. We spent five hours with them. We, we had five hours of just diving in, you know. It was wonderful. Wow. Anyway, my brother, I'm, I'm, you, you tell me what to do, and I'm there with well, you. Well, I got, I got two topics uh, I was hoping to address. Um, the first one, uh, I've been having conversations with different leaders and teachers uh, regarding this COVID-19 and all the fear that's been um, uh, yeah. brought to us through the media. How do we approach this uh, through a lens of grace and hope? Um, I just finished doing a series on Sunday morning. I just finished preaching about 25 minutes ago um, <laughs> on, uh, uh, on that very topic, but I was dealing with the end times perspectives because mm. I think even in the Christian world, our view of end times has created a lot of unnecessary anxiety. And yeah. uh, I, I have not read your revelation uh, uh, Bible yet. So I was going to say, maybe, maybe yeah. you could give us some insight on that. So there's two things. They might be dovetailed. But I'd like to yeah. hear your encouragement for even Canadians, Americans, those who are watching this around the world. Um, how do we approach this COVID-19 without becoming extremists or fear mongers or conspiracy theorists? How do we keep Jesus <laughs> as our vision and our center? No, it's, it's a large subject, you know, but what I so enjoy um, uh, the, 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 the clue of the gospel, you know, the key clue, that which ignites the word in our hearts is so much more than just some kind of debate that someone wins against another debate, you know. Yep. It's the unveiling of Christ. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and that becomes so, so relevant. I remember for, for many years, Lydia and I, um, we were in tourism, uh, in the tourism industry, and we, we had a safari lodge, which we built years ago, and we would take people literally on walk, uh, on walks and game drives in, in, in the big five country, you know, where you would encounter the big five animals on foot and you'd have them in, uh, on vehicle, you know, we'd go for our drives. And um, there's something in us, you know, as, as, as human beings, when we see something amazing, we desire to communicate it. We desire to draw others into the same opportunity, into the same view. And, and uh, you know, it, being, being in, in, in the, the thick of things, um, as it were, in 2020, you know, we as a, as a global community, we are faced with a situation that we've all had to come to terms with, you know, and, 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 and respond to. 
And, yeah. um, and you some know, reluctantly. Saw, exactly, exactly. You know, and it's sometimes you can't just wish away and try and, you know, turn your back. It doesn't exist, you know, or, or create oh your, your, your conspiracy theories and whatever you would like to attach some values to. But, you know, in the, in the context of planet Earth and us human beings alive on this planet right now, right here, you know, although we are communicating across this round, beautiful globe, you know, from, a, from the other side of the planet, we're sitting here in South Africa in a very remote, beautiful area against the Swartberg Mountains. But mm. there is a reference that we, that we have access to that carries absolute global relevance. It is more relevant than any COVID scare or any pandemic or any thing that we've ever faced in our history or is still to face in the future and what we are facing right now. And, and to me, you know, it is my pet subject to engage with the relevance of the gospel in the midst of contradiction. I remember mm. years ago, I, um, I had the privilege to, 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 to get a pilot's license you know, on a, for a light aircraft and I was just speaking to my son about it last week that he's facing quite some severe challenges in his business. And I said to him, you know, um, I was just reminded how just soon after you do your solo flight, um, you have to start engaging with with with, with, with crisis situations, you know. You, and it's scary. I mean, when, when the instructor is with you, you already go, oh, oh, you know, can this plane do this? You know, and, and you've got to go through these rituals where you, where you literally have to... Um, uh, 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 be faced with any possible um, crisis situation, you know, and, and being able to deal with it and think straight and think, okay, this is what I do. And as you do it, you realize that the plane is designed to respond to a certain um, uh, um, relevant procedure. And mm. I, I'm, so, I'm so incredibly and in, in, uh, confident in, in, in an understanding that belongs to the entire world. Just this afternoon when Lydia and I went for our walk, it's a, it's a beautiful place, you know, and it's just an amazing – and I was just thinking about our conversation this, uh, today. I was going to say this evening, but I know it's not evening everywhere else in the, on the planet. <laughs> but in this conversation, to realize that how we wish to draw people into a view that, that will – strike their hearts it will strike home in, and again to reflect on our safari days you know we bring people into a situation and you don't have to educate people how to respond you just share the same reference and mm. in that reference there might be you know we normally have about 10 people in our group either on the vehicle or in the group where we're walking and um, you you just you just point them in the right direction and then you wait for them to see for themselves mm. And the idea of the safari is not so that each one has a little private encounter and then nobody tells anyone else what they saw. And then tonight when you get back at the campfire, you know, then we kind of brag around, I saw a leopard, you know, <laughs> sorry about you guys. We're in the same family, we're in the same unit and we desire to share the same reference. So I'm so glad that we're dealing with the gospel that is not something that we thought up, something that we fabricated. You know, when, when Peter speaks um, many years later, when he eventually also started to, to, to write, you know, learn to write as a fisherman, they were not illiterate. So, um, he speaks about his encounter with James and John, with Jesus on the mountain, and Elijah and Moses. He says, we didn't suck this out of our thumbs, you know. We, we're not busy with some cleverly devised myth. We were eyewitnesses. We, we heard that voice. We encountered the dynamic of a conversation that pointed away from 
everything that Moses represents and everything that Elijah represents, not to discard them, but to, con to, to connect the dots, you know, to, to bring Moses and Elijah into perspective, to bring Scripture into perspective. There is only one valid perspective of Scripture, not our thousands and thousands of libraries full of commentaries about our yeah. views on this or our views on that, but it's the, the, the man Jesus Christ, the incarnate image and likeness of the creator of the universe, the engineer of the universe, found and exhibits a, a, a perfect display of their being mm. in human life. And so, so you, God is, yeah. Do you think that th this crisis that uh, appears to have hit the world um, is revealing um, uh, a truth that people aren't aware is there? Like right now, they've been living their lives, hum-ho, self-controlled, doing their own their own world, um, and now this crisis comes, and now they have to deal with things they never thought they had to deal with, including the gospel. Now yeah, everything comes yeah. into question. Everything's coming to the forefront that was never yeah. dealt with. Do you, ever, do you think that some yeah. of that's yeah, For sure. I mean, any, any crisis does that. You know, and sometimes it takes a crisis to take your focus away from, from just the rituals of the day and, and, and even, even away from, you know, the, the – the, um, the letter of the law, you know, and, and my doctrines and stuff that I'm attaching value to because a crisis brings a, a, a very severe testing. And that's why I so enjoy, you know, one of my early, early um, understandings when, 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 when it comes to the gospel was in the book of James. And in fact, I started with, with James chapter one uh, when I started the Mirror Bible translation where, where, where James conf confronts us with, with every type of contradiction. And a crisis of any dimension. And then he says, count it all joy when you meet various uh, contradictions. You know, it's, it, it, it sounds so wrong. It sounds so, listen, how can I possibly bring joy into this? I mean, when I'm faced with a very, very real um, uh, crisis and in a situation like the COVID, like, like we, we, we read the reports and we, we, you know, we try and you know, keep, keep the statistics current and we're trying to find out what's it like in this country or in that country. I mean, we, we've had several challenges you know, in, our, in our own situation. But the, the beauty is, and, and the point that I want to make is that when Jesus speaks about building your house on the rock, um, he's speaking about a, a, a storm-proof life, a life that is designed to be so steadfast in the midst of the most severe storm. You know, when these storms break loose, they break loose with the same vengeance and the same um, power and 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 and, and uh, energy than uh, on the two houses: the one that's built on the sand and the one that's built on the rock. And and the the the. The, the beauty of the gospel is that the gospel unveils not a set of principles that we're trying to bear witness to, but it, it, the, the, the gospel unveils the integrity of our original identity, of our design. You see, connecting the house to the rock is digging beyond the surface, going beyond those first reactions and responses, because we're mm -hmm. all faced with, with all kinds of stuff that happens to us daily, never mind the COVID. I mean, people, you know, we, we've kind of made much of the COVID because it suddenly took the stage but yep. um, you know we we, we we have some beautiful friends that are that are medical doctors and people and medical staff you know they, they, they confronted with their with their real stuff i mean they, they've got a it's, it's a death and life situation they deal with daily you know but yeah. to, to be able to communicate 
a, a good news. I mean, we, we, we've been bombarded with bad news. We've been bombarded exactly. with stuff that your mind freaks out about. You know, you think, how can I try and just keep sane in the midst of all this? But well, then fear, you fear tells. It's, it's, it's the thing that we're drawn to. Our news yeah. channel, we're all about fear, fear, fear. It's like, wait exactly. a minute. Exactly. got to be exactly. something bad. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, what, what startled me is about this, you know, is how quickly, the, especially the contagious element, the fact that this thing can just, you've got to wear the mask because you, you, you pass it on to the next person and you try to keep them safe. You don't want to in, inhale their breath. And, and, and suddenly this, this virus took on global proportions, second to nothing that we've ever encountered. I'm, I'm sure in our history, you know, we, we can re- date back many, many similar crises. But today we're living in, a, in, an, in an age where something happens anywhere on the planet and it's global news. You know, everybody knows about it. Mm-hmm. And if it's possible for a virus to have such an incredible, quick um, spread, not just in its in its in its presence, but in its in, in its newsworthiness, how much more can we communicate a gospel that that is designed, tailor made for a global community in mm. such a way? And, and, and unless we come as a, as a the so-called church or a, a believing society, come to terms with the essence of the gospel, we were able to communicate a reality that translates into how do I deal with the personal crisis that I'm facing, maybe in my domestic life or in my financial situation, or then in my health situation as this crisis has been dictating, that to, mm-hmm. to discover a safe place, you know, where, where I'm, I'm anchored in the, in the foundation that is stronger than the threat that, that comes against me. And it's so beautiful to realize that that rock reality is not true for some people. I, I, I wrote a, a chapter um, well, I engage, enlarge the chapter now in the, in the latest release of Divine Embrace on, on, for those facing tough times. I just want to read you the little opening sure. um, statement of that chapter. I think it's chapter 25. Um, yeah, it says here, what hell, uh, I, I, I said to you that all of us face contradictions. I'm just cutting into it. And um, are often tempted to give the contradiction a stronger voice than what it deserves. Mm. When God spoke to mankind... In the incarnate Christ is absolutely true for every single human life, whether we believe it or not. You know, the relevance of the full implication of God's love dream uh, de- declared and demonstrated in Christ often uh, remains veiled to us because of our circumstances seem to be more real. And I said, yeah, that God is not nearer to some than what he is to others. He's equally inseparably Emmanuel to every person on the planet. And, and to realize that, listen, we, 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 we can speak with a voice of clarity an authority into a situation where people are really feeling the goosebumps of the fear or the, or the, you know, it feels like fear is just strangling me in, in this situation, but there's such good news. You know, when, when James, when James speaks about joy, it seems like totally madness. I mean, you, you don't understand my situation. You say, I kind of feel that my situation deserves to, you know, I, I, I need to, I need to be heard, but to, to hear, a voice that brings clarity and focus and freedom from fear and freedom from anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, a, a concern about what's going to happen tomorrow. And then the, the next, and we start seeing all kinds of ghosts coming out, you know, spooky stuff happening on the horizon and, 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 and the whole global trouble that the world seems to be in. But to realize that we're part of a, of a much larger perspective of zooming out into God's perspective and then zooming in to 
God's thoughts about me, that mm. I come to him, I matter to my father as an individual. And they just bring such a shift in our, in our entire dealing with, with whatever it is, you know, that, that, that this, this crisis spells out in terms of fear. I think some people, they, they don't even believe God really likes them even. Like there's a lot of believers yeah. who don't even yeah. think God likes yeah. them. He has yeah. to love them. That's his job. Yeah. But to yeah. like them even, to want yeah. intimacy, to want connection, that's a, a whole new revelation. And maybe yeah. this crisis is revealing the need for that to become real to exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. And are there such an such a, a absolute um, need for people to discover their identity and to yeah. discover that in their identity there's a worth that God knows that they've perhaps never seen for themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one of my most, most favorite um, connections with this reality is that the story that we often tell, we live in, a, in an area um, where 100 years ago the ostrich feathers um, became like gold. You know, we live quite, quite close to Oatswaran. And, um, and uh, uh, Oatswaran's in the Western Cape, South Africa. Okay. It's in the Western Cape. And, and uh, well, 100 years ago, plus 100, it's more than 100 years ago now, the, the, the ostrich feathers just took, took off like a boom. And it was just amazing the, the money that it was, that was uh, paid for, for, for the weight of an ostrich feather, feather equal to gold. And wow. um, we have a fantastic story that I tell a million times. You know, it's just the most beautiful story that unveils the, the reality of the individual's worth. This um, uh, is a true story. Of course, it, it, it happened in a in a family that we are very um, well known. Uh, we, we know them pr- for many years, and their great grandmother was engaged a hundred years ago to one of the richest farmers, ostrich farmer here in Oatswaran. Mm. They literally had a gold plated horse cart, you know, and and, oh, and they would mix with with the high and mighty, you know, the members of parliament, the people in, of influence, and. And during their engagement, she had an encounter with Jesus, and, and it, she just became like totally um, uh, absorbed with 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 this with this wonderful encounter of Jesus. And and uh, for some reason, you know, the engagement did not last. You know, maybe the man felt threatened. You know, but it wouldn't be good for business to have this lady. Anyway, they they would there was. Um, uh, she was sent back to the Free State, which is one of the provinces in South Africa where she comes from, and um, there she married. A man who was very poor. She fell in love with this person, of course, and and uh, we call them a. Uh, oh, I can't remember what the English word is, uh, but but it it was a time where during the, it was also during the depression or just before, yeah before the Great Depression in South Africa. And so this man didn't own his own land, but at the mercy of a farmer, he was another farmer. He was given land that he could then finance himself and do his own uh, project on, and then eventually, if he gets enough money then he can buy the land so after seven years they bought this land and um, uh, some time after they took title to this to this farm the first gold in the free state was was was, um, discovered on their farm oh wow and um, that area was still, still today is known for its maize you know so it was a maize farm and um she wrote a document at that time you know that for many many years we have only seen this land, this agricultural field, as a, as a maize-producing field. But the gold's been there all along. And our problem is we have plowed too shallow. You know? oh, wow. And that, that gold happened to be, I think, at that time, the deepest. And um, uh, It was also at a time where they discovered certain ways of drilling deeper than ever before when they got onto this. And still today, it's one of the richest reefs in the world. But the beauty was 
you know, that this, that this discovery gave an immediate new value to that same piece of land. And it's so mirrors what Jesus says in Matthew 13, 44, when he says the kingdom of heaven is like a, a man discovering a treasure in an agricultural field. Oh, wow. And to realize that this field is revealing this human life that we engage with. Because mm. his audience at that time in Matthew were, were, the, were the Jews, obviously, and they were farmers and they were businessmen. And they were immediately intrigued by the idea that there's a man who discovers a treasure in an agricultural field. Because in the Greek, it says agricultural field. It wasn't just a normal piece of field. So this field had a known value. It was farmed in a certain way. And you could expect a certain return if you do the certain, you know, and if the weather is good and you've got good rainfall, then this is the kind of harvest that you can expect. But then... Jesus startles his audience. He says, this man who finds the treasure hides it again. One would think, but why? You know, why would you go and hide it? Because Jesus is on a mission to reveal something that will startle us beyond anything else with the value that God sees in each one of us. So what does he do? He hides the field. And the Jews scratch their heads thinking, well, this man's got a plan. You know, he, he, he's going to the market because maybe that field is a neglected field. It's overgrown with thorns and thistles. And, and he'll be able to offer the biggest bargain price to redeem that land. And then Jesus shocks them. <laughs> he says, this man goes away and he sells all that he has. And he buys the entire field. Mm. Now, we need to understand that um, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Psalm 24 verse 1, the world and those who dwell in it. At no time does a thief become owner. Hmm. And yet in our theologies, we've made the devil of every definition owner of the majority of this planet, of the majority of the people on the planet. Yep. And he is it identified as the father of lies. There is only one true father of the human race. We did not begin in America or in Canada or in Europe or anywhere else on this geographic planet of ours. We did not even begin in our mother's womb. God knew, says to Jeremiah 1.5, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. You see, mm. the fact that God knows us gives such relevance to the value that God knows is hidden as the mystery that was hidden for ages and generations in us. And it's Christ in you. You see, Christ, Christos in ethnos is Christ in the nations, not Christ in the, the most holy saint in town, you know. Mm -hmm. Christ hidden in every person's heart. And when we begin to see that, we think differently about people. We see people differently. We have the best news possible to communicate because it's value driven and it's not a thumb suck it's not us trying to tell people to feel a little bit better about themselves it's giving them the evidence yeah of the gold that's discovered and the incarnation just brings such perspective the so word becoming flesh so a question that was would often be asked in the, uh, in the story of your field is when did that person who owned the field become a millionaire was it when they discovered the gold or was it when they first bought the land? Because the gold's been there the whole time, right? It's been there all along. Yeah. So you see, value, people don't know the value they have in Christ. And in fact, I think it was Paul who said, because um, the Western way of thinking, uh, when we, we have to ask Jesus to come into our heart as if he's absent. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
the transactional thing, but when people can discover they already have been of value, and Paul described himself exactly. as uh, Christ was revealed in me, not to me, external. Yeah, exactly. In me, yeah. That, that's a yeah. real big yeah. piece of evidence that yeah. the to ignore. It's exactly that. You know, when uh, our youngest son lived in, in Switzerland, um, Stefan, and he's, he's married now, they're actually expecting their, their, um, their first child now in the next month, or I think November. And um, so I've, I've had several, Lily and I, many opportunities. Her sister lived there for 35 years. So we've often been to Switzerland. And, and one of my favorite subjects, you know, I get the opportunity to speak to some Swiss businessmen, for instance, or even in the, in the, in the, in the um, church context, and, and to tell them, you know, that much of South Africa's gold, I mean, from other areas too, but much of our South African gold are now hidden in bank vaults underneath the ground in Switzerland, you know. And, and so it's, we've dug it out of one hole. And we've transported it and hide it now in another hole. And it's, it's hidden, but it's, it was hidden while it was not undiscovered. But the moment it is discovered, it's the same metal, but mm. it becomes currency. Yeah. That's why we communicate the gospel. You know, if the gospel was just some, some interesting information, then let's, let's try and compete, you know, and arm wrestle around my idea and your idea, your doctrine and my doctrine. But when the gospel is the unveiling of the currency value of the individual, and by currency, you know, we've, we, we've adopted, we've, we've actually created um, the idea of currency so that we can somehow add value to the time that we exchange from day to day to, to try and make sense of our lives on planet Earth. But there's a currency, there's a, there's a divine currency that ignites in someone's heart. It has nothing to do with their job description. It has nothing to do with the degree of their contradictions. You see, when James speaks about joy in the midst of contradictions, it's not a joy that I'm trying to fabricate and wind up, you know, try and just get myself into a happy mode. He yeah. says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So mm -hmm. there's something that you don't buy over a counter. You can't get hands laid on for some special anointing of joy. You, you connect your joy with something that you know. Faith knows. Faith unveils. And everyone is wired by the engineer of the universe to discover faith. Faith is not something I do in order to influence God. Something is, faith is what happens to me when I realize the value that God's love sees in me. Sometimes we think God's love is just, you know, God's just feeling he's in a good mood today. And he's going to be nice towards you because you were nice. You've done something good along the yep. way. You know, somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. There's, there's no way I could be so blessed, you know, by, by just coincidence. You know? yep. we have, every blessing that heaven has is, is lavished upon us as a human race. And what an opportunity in the midst of darkness, in the midst of COVID-19, is it 19? But whatever this COVID's number is, you know, and in yep. the midst of the most severe contradiction financially or whatever it shows up, is to find a joy rooted in the rock of ages, realizing that I began in God's thought and his mind full of me. God doesn't have you somewhere, you know, filed away, you know, and he's dusted up over the years. And, and then he remembers when you've prayed long enough and hard enough to, oh, whoa, 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 I've forgotten about this one. God says his mind full of you. God's mm. mind is full of you. Why? Is God just trying to be nice? He knows you. He knows you and invites us to know even as we have always been known. Wow. And the beauty of this illustration is that that gold carries the exact quality in its hidden form 
than what it has when it's, once it's discovered and weighed and, and it becomes part of the dynamic of the currency in the world markets. You know, if you could imagine the millions, the trillions of dollars worth of aircraft, fleets of whatever um, business you can imagine that is held and sustained by gold, just some metal that's lying there, no longer dormant, but discovered. Yep. And that's the beauty. And that's the gospel, you know, for people to discover, to see unveiled. That's why I, I call the, 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 the mirror Bible, uh, the mirror Bible, you know, because really it's, it's Paul says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, now with unveiled faces, we are beholding the glory of the Lord. So our, then our, we behold it. So just our hope just sorry, sorry there's just one said we're beholding the glory of the Lord not as in a display window, yeah. but as in a mirror. You see, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. For so long we've even studied scripture in a display window kind of mentality, a window shopping mentality, where I'm underlining and claiming all the lovely promises. But when I discover the mirror reality, I discover something that is more real about me than any idea I've ever thought I could, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, claim for myself. The ugly duckling didn't suddenly become an, a beautiful swan. It's been a beautiful swan all along. But its mind was confused. Yeah. It had a confused mind and a confused identity. So it's so beautiful in this, in this crisis time to just hold up the mirror and allow people to see for themselves mm -hmm. through the Father's eyes, you know, how... How in, 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 invaluable you are, priceless you are. He paid that, he, he sold all he had. He was bought with the priceless blood of Christ from the lies that we believed about ourselves. Those, oh, lies, those lies can no longer hold true. Oh, but the things that contribute to those lies um, seem to have people in such great bondage. Shame uh, is a yeah, huge one. Exactly. Being hurt by people and us hurting people and we feel shameful, all those messages build up and build up. And there's it's almost like a crust that's hindering us from seeing us as we really yeah. are. So yeah. uh, in the mirror translation, what I've really enjoyed is what you've just said. It's unpacking. You, sh you get to see yourself as you originally were, but yeah. are having a hard time even believing that. So how can that be true? How could it have yeah. been always true? I thought I, I had to be good in order to become. Yeah. I thought yeah. I had to be good in order for God to be near, you know, and yeah. if I'm bad, he's distant. That's yeah. why I keep learning. Yeah. yeah the, you know, the, the, there are only two trees in the garden, you know, and, and Paul speaks about two laws in, in, in Romans chapter 3, 27. And those two laws are the two laws that govern society. And, in, and you know, in the context of, of Paul's understanding, he speaks about, but now the, the righteousness of God is revealed. He speaks, I'm not, in the first chapter, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. And then he says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. And he's mm -hmm. speaking about what God did right, not what Adam did wrong, or what we did wrong, or where we just fell short, because that's the tree of the, the I am not tree, you know, against the yeah. I am tree. So, so, so he's... And he says it's so beautiful in Romans 3.27, and in the mirror, you'll, you'll enjoy it there. Because in the commentary, I mentioned the fact that, um, well, when Paul asked this, I still remember from the Revised Standard Version days, I used to read the Revised Standard for many, many years, where Paul says, you know, what becomes of our boasting? 
and he's speaking to the Jews because now in the context of uh, you've all fallen short, you know, but but thank God the, the people who fell short, we've made verse 23, the gospel, but the gospel is in verse 24. They all are now justified by the grace of God. You know, it's a gift. And, and he says, but now what becomes of our boasting? In the context of this is not, some, this is a gift. It's gift language. It's not reward language. So in the context of, of the gift, what becomes of our boasting? He says it's excluded. It's like, what do you mean by that, Paul? I mean, that we've built our entire uh, industry around our religion on the basis of how do we fare when we hold up um, our lifestyle and our behavior against the Ten Commandments. And he says, it is excluded. He says, by which law? And then he calls them. He says, the, the law of performance? He says, no, definitely not performance. Mm. And that's, unfortunately, where most of society is locked in, locked into people's marriages, their relationships, their businesses. Everything is performance related. So does that mean we just, you know, we just kind of sit back and stop performing? He says, no, there's another law. And he, he says it's called the law of faith. Now, mm. when I pondered this many years ago, I suddenly saw it. I sort of realized, you know, that, that the operating system behind the law of performance is willpower. Hmm. Now, willpower is a, is a, is a known reality to all of us. I mean, you can get someone to do something by offering him either a great reward or if you can make him scared enough. Yeah, exactly. The punishment that's going to follow. So that law is where religion is stuck in the mud and mm -hmm. most of society. You know, if we, we, we're constantly law-driven because we, we, we've got to get that reward. I've, I'll do this work. I hate doing this job, but I'll do it for the salary. You know what I mean? So, so I feel, okay, there's some kind of reward coming. Or, you know, the, the problem is you get people to follow Jesus out of fear and, and especially with eschatology thoughts that's going around you know, everywhere. You know, you've got to keep them scared. You've got to feed their fear. Otherwise, you know, they're going to be independent of you. So mm -hmm. if, there's, if, there are two, oh, whoa, if there are two laws, if the one is the one of performance and the other one is called the law of faith, how does faith operate? If willpower is the power behind performance, then willpower surely could compete with faith. It cannot. We're speaking about two different worlds here. You mm. see, if my willpower, if my positive decision making could save me, then Moses would be my savior. Paul yeah. calls his shots in Romans chapter 7, verse 1. He says, I'm speaking to those who are familiar, who are acquainted with the law. And he yeah. was running right in front, you know, in his acquaintance with the law. He says, let's be honest about it, you know. The good things that we want to do, we fail to do. What, what, the, the good things that my willpower tries to urge me to do. And we've, we've done brilliantly in the realm of willpower. I mean, our athletes are examples of people that excel yeah. in, in driving and commitment. And, and, we give them, and, we, and we give them gold as a reward. Of, of, of course, exactly. So the, the reward thing is big. It's huge. If, if we just kind of sit back for a moment and look at our own lives, you know, take perspective on, wow, am I reward driven or am I faith driven? How does faith work? If performance works, performance works by willpower, how does faith work? Faith worketh by love. <laughs> love mm. ignites faith. You see, and love is not some, some uh, goosebumpy feeling that we have from time to time. Love is immediately value-related. Mm. We are value-conscious. Job 28 is one of the oldest books, perhaps the oldest book in the Bible. And he, spe he speaks about how the um, birds of prey and the beasts of the field have no appetite for gold. 
They don't dig holes <laughs> yeah. in the ground and uproot mountains to try and get little pieces of dust of gold. But man no. would eat his full. Job 28 verse 5 says that man has eaten his full. He's, he's, he's harvested his own labor. He's harvested his, his bread, but he remains hungry. So what does he do? He, in the valleys, you know, where, where his eyes can no longer, he, he digs holes, he, he builds shafts, and, he, and he's driven to try and find some kind of exchange for mm-hmm. this hunger, this drive within him. For, uh, because we are the only value conscious beings in that re- regards. Yeah. That's what makes us different from the animal world. The animals are okay with just, you know, just feeling safe and surviving and, you know, hunting their prey and eating and, and, and making babies. And there we go, you know. <laughs> but as humans, we, we have a different appetite. We have an appetite that is not satisfied by eating bread alone. Mm-hmm. By just eating the, the fruit of our own hands, hands' labor and what we can bring to the table. But when we discover the gold where it was hidden all along, mm-hmm. not somewhere in outer space, or let's go over the waters, you know, to another country and find it there, or another job, or another wife, or another this, or another that, or a better car, or a better this device, but to discover the gold where it was hidden all along, right, right there within you. Can I ask a question about faith? Please. Um, I love where you're going with uh, the, the comparison. How does Galatians 2.20 kind of fit in, or does it, when it talks about the faith of Christ? Because somehow I'm hearing a bridge of the faith is actually a gift given to us versus something, something we muster up. Does that tie in somehow with this? Yeah, the, the, the faith only has one authentic source. You know, we can make believe, we can, we, can, we can feel positive and confident and persuaded about something, but, you know, our persuasion doesn't make something true. Right. You know, for, for, for centuries, um, we believe that the earth was flat, and there are still people believing in a flat world, by the way. But, but yeah. in, you know, when, it, when, when it suddenly we, we discover that, hey, we're actually in a, in a round globe, you know, it's a round planet, you know, it doesn't suddenly become true when you believe it. It's been true all along. But our faith, only our authentic faith only has one source. The father, the author of faith, the author and finisher of faith. Jesus Mm -hmm. didn't do something so that we can meet him halfway. He went all the way with faith. And what makes faith relevant is the fact that we are wired by design to believe. And Mm -hmm. that believing is something that happens inside of you. You can't can't put it in a nice little pretty definition. And I've got my doctrine on faith very well defined. But it's it's like falling in love. You know, you don't go to kissing school when you fall in love. Something happens in you and you're wired to to (laughs) feel these feelings and to feel intimate and to feel engaged. You know, (laughs) sorry, I'm losing this. I don't know whether I've got it in the wrong ear or something, but here we go. I can still hear you. I can hear you. So, because so, so, I, know, I know in my culture where I'm at, we have a lot of talk about building up your faith or you need uh, more faith. And that uh, terminology is just false in my mind. Like yeah. you're talking about a faith that is already existent there, and it's the yeah. faith that's dis- discovered that's been there and needs to awaken. That's oh, absolutely. You will so enjoy my, my better translation on Second Peter chapter 1. Um, I don't have a little, you would so enjoy that because we've got so stuck, you know, in in verse three, where it says now, it it says that he's blessed us with all things that pertains to life and godliness. So everything that, 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 um, uh, let me just read it. By the way, that's one of my favorite texts in all of scripture. Uh, It's probably the only place where I see the progression of growth in in a real, real way. 
Yeah, it is. It is. It is absolutely. And the key word there, you know, he says that um, we're blessed with everything it takes to live life to the full. Uh, my goodness! But but what? if you go and read it in second, in, 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 I'm not going to read it now. It's, it's but it's one of the most precious precious words that yeah. that emerge, you know. Because I, I I'm a gold digger when it comes to translation. That's why I, really? I do what I do. I, I constantly <laughs> I just break up these little words because the components are so rich wow. in, in what they bring in the thought that they carry, you know. Because I mean, we did we we talking spirit to spirit, you know. There's this an engagement of we are designed with with you know no don't need to be a musician. Uh, especially a classical musician, in order to yep. appreciate good music, you know. I mean, it, you, 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 maybe if you sing, you sing a little bit off the the key and whatever. But but you, you can sit there with tears and goosebumps because you, you are in your being. You you are driven or, 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 or ignited by the beauty of it. And in in the same way, faith ignites in us. And and when when Peter brings this unveiling, we've we've said now add, uh, we've translated that verse. You know now add to your faith. And we've made add to your faith the whole teaching and the doctrines that that, is, that spilled over from from yeah. the idea of adding to your faith. But he's just told us that we were gifted with everything. All that it takes to live life to the full is a right. gift through the righteousness of God. We've received a faith of equal standing. So our equal standing, if we go back to the athletic world, you know, you've got a, a gold medal and a silver medal and a bronze medal. You must tell me when I need to slow down and... and, and, and um, I've, I've stopped looking at the time. Oh, uh, we got a good uh, at least fifteen minutes, if that's okay with you. I'm okay. Your, no, hundred percent. Time is a gift. Like this is, I'm thankful for every minute you're giving here. <laughs> <laughs> this is wonderful, my brother. So, so in our athletic world, you know, we know about the gold medal and the silver medal and the bronze medal, and but but here Peter speaks about us sharing the platform. We sh because we, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter four verse, verse eight, that we are God's trophies. He led us. As, as his trophies in his triumphant procession on high. So he says, we've received a faith of equal standing. We're not competing here with who's got more faith than the other. We're drawing on the same source yep. because there is only one faith. Jesus never said, have faith in God. He says, have the faith of God. It's a complete different, it's a reversal of our whole religious pro process, you see. So when we realize that to begin with, you see, we've spent so much time striving and trying to get there you know, wherever there is. But we yeah. strive. it's like playing shoots and ladders or snakes and ladders, as we call in South Africa. But, but in the Gospels context, we begin at the finish. We mm. begin at being co-seated together with Christ. We didn't end up there because we finally climbed the ladder of faith to eventually qualify. You know, we've got this breakthrough now. We qualify to be seated together with Christ. We begin there, Paul says, while we were still dead in our trespasses. Long yep. before any of us made a decision or a belief effort, God, God's faith saw us co-elevated in Christ, co-raised, co-seated. So Peter says, that we've received this faith of equal standing. And then our translations say, now um, make every effort to add to your faith. Mm. Oh my goodness, I struggled with that verse because I thought, how can you contradict something that you've just said? Wow, I'm just so relieved that it's a gift. And now I've got to add to it through all kinds of discipline and efforts. And, yep. and then I looked at the word add to. It's one of my first words, words that I studied in the Greek. And I thought, oh my goodness. Epichoregeo. It's like a three-component word. And the picture that immediately comes to mind, epi, the preposition before, it's like almost like a teacher standing in front of a classroom. And and then chorus is the word where we get the word chorus from, or choir, or, okay. or orchestra. And ageo in the Greek means to lead, as a shepherd leads his sheep. So immediately the picture comes to mind of a choir conductor. 
And a choir conductor is not someone who stands there with a little bat and just, you know, trying to keep the music going. The yep. choir conductor is, in this context especially, he, this, this, this is the professor of music. He has studied every single voice in the choir. When he looks at your face and he meets you down in the mall, he immediately recognizes your voice because he's, he's, the, he's the brain behind this choir, you know, and this orchestra. Maybe you, you're a violinist or a flute player. He, he, he hears your instrument in mm. the piece that is played and this piece called life carries every ingredient necessary in the individual to live life to the full when i discover that i'm the choir conductor of my own life i don't have to add anything because i've got it all it's right there inside of you and as you discover this in the context of holy spirit they're just just like that choir conductor drawing out the the double bass and drawing out the that soprano voice you know or the tenor and 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 suddenly it's all one harmony there's no competition the one's not trying to add cymbal or bang the other one it's just like wow we're in this together there's a beautiful harmony of life and every one of those qualities are unveiled in in the in the, in the mirror bible you know it's, it's a beautiful study that first chapter of second peter one so i mean that that just brings faith into perspective because it's a gift and now, with with our younger son being in the in the industry you know he's, he's, he's a musician and and his wife too and their parents the, the, and i remember how stefan would engage with music Long before we told him, you've got to go and play the piano, you know. <laughs> he was four years old, standing on tippy-toe, you know, to try and reach the keyboard. And, and I asked him, Stefan, how do you do it? And he looked surprised. He says, Dad, you just press the buttons that sounds like the song. I said, oh, okay, my cool. <laughs> But, you know, when, 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 when something is unveiled to you, when you, when you discover something, you don't have to try and motivate with willpower. Mm. Passion takes over. Willpower is so exhausting, really yeah. so exhausting. But when I discovered, the, that's why Paul says, I, I do more now than what I've ever done under the law of willpower. Duty-driven, guilt-driven, shame-driven, you know. But here it's, it's love-driven, you know. And agape is yeah. so amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. And I like, I like verse 7 of Second Peter 1, where it says, um, all this will lead to brotherly affection, brotherly affection uh, yeah. for everyone. So one translation yeah. says, you'll have love for other believers, and then you'll grow to have an authentic love for everyone. Yeah. And I yeah. love that progression, because some people think, well, we're supposed to love our, our fellow believers, but the world, well, yeah. you know, it's going to take a little harder time. But that's how Jesus already loves them. So. Yeah. I'm starting to see an authentic love come out of me for people I don't even know. I see Christ in them. They don't even believe in Christ, but I see yeah. Christ in them now. I see them as yeah. the light of Christ shining through them. Yeah. It changes my lens. It makes me more loving. Of course. That's, that's the beauty. You know, the, I've, um, this, uh, when I did the 1 Corinthians 13 chapter on love, I mm. started off with love is who you are. Because okay. we're no longer doing um, window shopping, you know, when yep. we're engaging with a word. We're looking in a mirror. And we're yeah. surprised to see this. And I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, upgrade myself, you know, to become that. This is who I am. You know, the ugly duckling didn't have to go and, and study a few how to fake the swan life courses, you know, and, and to get the certificate. It's like realizing, awakening to the truth about me. 
You know, the word metanoia means that. We've translated it to, to repent, but it's, it's a sad word in the Bible. It's not part of the, the original text. It's a Latin word that was imported and forced into the text. But the Greek word is metanoia. It's to awaken in your understanding. It's to wake up to who you are. And mm-hmm. that awakening is the most amazing encounter. It sets the pace for everything. He says, behold, everything has become new. I see myself differently. And now I'm not trying to do the law and love the Lord all my heart, all my and then, oh my goodness, when Jesus says, you know, and second to that is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. He didn't say second to that, he says equal to that. Wow. Equal to that, I thought, oh my goodness, I'm struggling to love the Lord with all my heart, you know, and I don't really like myself, and there's a lot of people I don't really like that much either, you know, and he says, but equal, so we're drawing from the same source, yeah. we're drawing from the same reference, when agape is the reference, I realize, but this is not me trying to try and crank up my, my, my love towards people, but it's God engaging me with the love of Christ, and he first loved us, he took the initiative, yeah. he embarrasses us with the scandal of the of, of the dynamic of the gospel. He says, listen, I love you so much. He, the man who hides the treasure goes away. And he's not trying to now renegotiate with some difficult, you know, um, shopkeeper. He says, no, no I, I want to buy, offer you a better price or a better deal. Like when you go to a second-hand car shop, you try and point out all the flaws. So, so hoping that you could bring the price. But he, he goes and he sells all he has. Can you imagine as a Jew how shocked you are as a businessman? He says, what a fool would go and sell all he has to buy a piece of fuel that doesn't really have much to offer. It does. It has a hidden treasure. Mm-hmm. It has a hidden treasure. And I, I want to guarantee to our audience in this conversation that when you discover the truth about you, you are liberated to see the truth about your spouse, your children, your neighbors. Your, mm. you, you start seeing people differently. We have a beautiful friend. I remember the first time I went to Hungary in Budapest. We met this beautiful doctor. And, and he, he, he wrote to me shortly after our visit. He says, you know, as a medical person, I would walk down the street and I'd see people from a biological point of view you know i can i can kind of detect their symptoms even if they don't know me but just in the street or in a in a in a train or somewhere in a tram you would see people and, and you look at them with with a medical mind you know you kind of say oh that person needs this and this he, he starts prescribing prescribing a medication you know to, to a stranger just in his mind he says but when i've discovered this gospel i walk the streets of budapest with tears in my eyes because i begin to see people uh-huh. and people just become alive to me and i have such a desire to just tell them tap them on the shoulder and tell them how beautiful, how priceless they are, how amazing they are. And that's gospel. That's good news. I mean, good news, only good news makes you feel good. <laughs> you know, that was just not good enough. Not good news. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. And in the midst of the crisis and whatever it is, you know, and, and, and you've asked about the, the eschatology, you know, eschatology is such a, uh, uh, it's a sad terminology that we've evolved in but the eschatos in the Greek Hebrews chapter 1 God spoke a final word in Christ and having made purification for sins he says Jesus gives context to the Father he exhibits the character the character of God and and he having made purification for sins he sat down the throne of Jesus the throne of the Lamb of God is established upon mankind's redeemed innocence our Mm. job is not to point fingers to judge anyone but to 
declare to them their innocence. I do this as a, a chaplain in the prisons. We used to go there quite often to the maximum prisons. And, and to, to, to see their faces light up. You know, they've got documents. They were front page criminals in our country. And here they light up with an understanding that there's something inside of me that I've never discovered, that I've never known about. And the gospel is just the unveiling. Really, it's just an unveiling. What a joy. What a joy to, to live life on this planet. If you were to summarize what is the gospel, uh, you've, I think you've done it several times in our conversation already, but if somebody may be blown away by what they're hearing, they're, they're saying that's too good to be true. Tell me one more time. What is the gospel? What would you say to them? I love how you say it. That's what I'm asking I, you. I love yeah, I love I love the way you know I I use little illustrations to help people when I just have five minutes to talk to them you know and, and I would just point to my, my my mobile device and I'd say you know I bought this mobile device in the shop here in Otsuren, but I did not congratulate the shopkeeper because it didn't begin there. And even though it says it was assembled in China, I know it did not begin in China. It began in someone's mind. It was someone's idea. And you did not begin in your mother's womb. You are the idea of the engineer of the universe. And people respond to this. But really, I mean, people respond to this globally. Wherever we go, and we communicate this reality of the God, the good news is that, first of all, you did not begin. Your, your circumstances, whether it's good or bad, your circumstances never define you. You're defined by the engineer of the universe who knows you, who understands your entire makeup. And because he knows you, he has done something most profound when he interrupted our human history 2020 years ago you know it was not just to give us a pretty calendar so that at least we could you know schedule our meetings and do this what we are doing right now but 2020 years ago something happened in human history the most defining moment when the prophetic word became flesh when it took on person and personality when God is no longer veiled in our ideas of some kind of distant monster God but God comes in the flesh and he comes and stands face to face to the human race and he says my brothers my we come from, and the greek word adelphos means the same womb we began in the same thought and in that the the before christ the prophetic and now the after christ ad and we're realizing that that here we are we're on planet earth and and god has established a a redemption that is equal to the original authentic thought of let us make man in our image and in our likeness and male and female he made them and here we are on this planet and we're discovering our redeemed image our redeemed likeness our redeemed innocence our original value and it gives gospel context so we no longer people have become so used to certain little verses of scripture you know the roman road or this one or that one and, and yeah. we try we try and preach the gospel for spiritual laws you know and you've got to make this and uh, i mean and and we've worn out our rededicators you know i'm going to get born again 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 because you know, the first time didn't work because I, uh, and I've done it many many times <laughs> and we've tried so hard you know and then we've condemned ourselves and we go and it's like playing these shoots and ladders you know you've got this moment where you climb the ladder and the next moment the snake swallows you or the shoot just sends you back to the beginning 
But what a difference happens when you realize that nothing that I could ever do can add any definition to my co-seatedness. I yeah. can never become more elevated. You, I'll use that word elevated. You'll see it in the in the in the second Peter chapter one, that chapter in the Mirror Bible. It's beautiful that we are co-elevated. Nothing that I can do can make me more holy, can make me more de- desirable, can make me th- this is who I am. But in my awareness i'm growing into a a new dimension daily of just growing in the awareness and living in the awareness of who i am and so worship just becomes the the awareness of our oneness Mm. our oneness is not something that we're trying to to engineer ourselves it's something that we discover jesus is in that day you will know as i am in my father so you are in me and i am in you so our knowledge does not put Jesus from some kind of external place into the Father. Neither does our knowledge put us in Christ or Christ in us. Right. Our knowledge simply engages us what, with what has always been true. It's Absolutely. so beautiful. It's not me trying to persuade God. It's God wanting to persuade us. It's the exact opposite. Yep. Uh, it's the exact opposite. I remember... A couple of years ago, a gentleman gave me a watch at a conference. I, I didn't know what time it was. And so he gave me his watch and he said, God, I felt God tell me, told me to give you this watch. So I, I thanked him for it. It was great. Nice watch. A year later, uh, the battery died. But for a whole year, I've been using it in the garden. I've been, I built a shed, you know, did carpentry work and tilling the yard, just mucking around, banged it up. Who cares? Yeah. And then uh, when I went to a jeweler, I had to go to end up going to a jeweler to replace the battery. And I told him some guy gave it to me and his look on his face was what? And I said, Oh, wait a minute. You're, you're implying it's a good watch. What is this a nice watch? He goes, yeah, of course it is. Well, what do, you, what do you mean? He said, look, it says Movado on it in the front. It says uh, Sapphire Crystal. It was 14 karat gold. I said, oh, my <laughs> and, <laughs> I love it. What, what was a beautiful watch? illustration. Well I, asked, my. well, I asked him what the watch was worth, and he said, this watch was worth $2,500 to $3,000. <laughs> Some guy gave me a watch. I found that guy, by the way. But I prom- and then the, the shopkeeper asked me, so would you like a new band with that? Want me to clean it up? Yes, you know, I got no <laughs> and I've never worn love it. I've never worn gardening or doing construction. I wear I it, it as my grace watch because I. That is so. That's the gospel. That's yeah. the gospel. Really, yeah. you know, it is. Oh my! Do I have one minute to tell you a story yeah. about it? Uh, years ago in South Africa, when they launched the the the, the new um, design of the mini, you know, the, the little mini Cooper. Okay. As motor car, oh, yeah. I, I had Lydia and I had them when we were students many, many, many years back. But now the new, the the new ones are so pretty and they're so expensive. And a d- dear friend of ours bought one of the for short people, aren't they? They're no, you know, I would tell you what you sit in them. I mean, you've got the leg, everything. But anyway, the point that I wanted to make was our friend bought one, and uh, she arrived at our house. And she bought one of the first ones in South Africa. So I was keen to go and look at it. And she comes with a sad face. And I said, what's wrong? She says, I scratched my car. Oh, my goodness. I felt so, I felt her pain. She was almost in tears. So I went outside to look at the damage, you know, and I walk around the car. I cannot see a scratch. Oh, my. I said to her, now, you're you're kidding me. And then she points out to a teeny weeny little scratch. (laughs) And she's almost in tears. And, you know, Holy Spirit said to me, the more valuable something is, the bigger damage the smaller scratch uh, brings. 
See, if it's an old car, it's just dirty and dented, you know, who cares about another scratch? Yep. So, so when we tell people how absolutely priceless, that illustration of yours is just so powerful. When I realize what I've got, yeah. my, my behavior changes. I, I start thinking absolutely. differently about me. I don't yep. do things because the law says you shouldn't do that and you should do that. No, I, I've discovered value. Value as a voice. And value changes people's behavior more than anything else because we value conscious by design. Yeah. When we discover the gold, the gold has a voice of its own. <laughs> and it speaks for itself. It really does. That's amazing. So wonderful. Mike, it's so wonderful to communicate with you and to embrace you across the planet. Really you and cool. your audience, your you precious wife. And, yeah. Do do you have Sorry. a moment to um, tell me what you're up to lately? Like what you've been doing? Because I know you were doing some courses with Global uh, Global Grace Seminary because you and I are teachers there um, with Don Keithley. Do you remember? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah then, I haven't. You know what? what yeah, with, with Global Grace, I um, they, they took some of the, the – um, oh, I've never uploaded any videos myself. People upload videos and it went okay. along. So okay. I, we, we've actually stopped traveling in 2015. Okay. We, uh, um, uh, it's, it's actually how we landed up on this farm where we are now. We're in this most amazing spot, you know, very remote, but just so, so amazing. So the first book that I tackled here was, was – sorry? And you're still translating and working on the mirror yeah, Bible? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was why, you know, because we, we realized that in the, in the eight years at that time, it, it's, it, it's taken us eight years to do a third of the, of the New Testament because of our traveling schedule as well. You know, and we were living in Hermanus, and, and it's a busy little town, beautiful little town, and you have daily visitors, literally. You know, people would just pop in, and, and it would be wonderful. And um, we just knew that we had to to make a complete break, and 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 then we started doing a few video recordings for for Kana and and and, and for, for for some ministry, and um, we actually completely stopped our traveling. We now and again we still we still do a, a trip here and there. Like this is simpler. <laughs> it's less expensive too. I know, I know. And I'll tell you what, you know, with my size body to transport me and my luggage and us, you know, we, we travel over there. It's, and we've done a lot of traveling. I mean, our last major trip, we would go for two months to America. And, and, and I remember the last time we were with, with Steve McVeigh when he graciously helped us to launch the Spanish Mirror Bible. I think that was also in 2014. We went down to, to Mexico and we were in Colombia as well. And, and um, I mean, we did 20... We did 25 flights uh, in, in, in two months, you know, and it was just chock-a-block going. Oh, <laughs> so we, we were very relieved. And I said to Lydia at that time, you know, I said, you know, Paul went to prison and jumped to Patmos. I would prefer to go to Patmos, you know, for now. <laughs> and just to rise, just to engage. And, and yeah. it's been absolutely amazing. Lydia has done five books now. Four of them are published already. Really? Children's books. She's got an incredible, fantastic gift with communicating this message in, in children's language. So she's got these books out and they're on Kindle as well. And for the last four months, I have updated a book that, that started 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago. It was just four messages that I preached at the end of our, we had a five-year uh, uh, um program where we had more than 700 students in those five years and and then eventually i brought a, a, a four message um, summary of our of our focus in our, and that message became someone transcribed it from the old tape tape recorded messages and it became i actually have i wonder it might just be here <laughs> is it divine it is. look at this divine oh, no. embrace this is from is. years back that's the size of it 
And okay, it's got I, those four four messages in there. And then I updated it. I added some chapters, I think, in 2010. And then I actually took it off the market. I thought, you know, I, I need to edit it because a lot of it was just crammed together. And, and, and my, my mother tongue is Afrikaans and my English is not always correct. And so I thought, you know, I had to upgrade. And I had this brother in, in Scotland to help me with the edits. And then I lost all the edits. And eventually... It was four months ago with a lockdown. That was my lockdown project. It just happened. I woke up one morning and I'm busy translating um, Luke. I was busy in Luke chapter 19. I've just started with Luke chapter 19. And I wake up one morning with a strong urgency to go and dig that book out and do a a revision of it. And I thought it will take me two weeks. It's four months later. We've just launched the new one, our last, last, and, and it's got a beautiful picture. We have these birds, and I've taken those pictures on the cover as well and on the back page of the Malachite sunbird. So um, the divine embrace is really, it is just the most compact. It's 440 pages now, 440 wow. pages from a little booklet like this. I wish yep. I had one live, but I haven't got it. It's, it's on Kindle, and it's, it's, in, it's available all over in the bookshops. I tried to send you one, but I then know. we couldn't or- get it from him. Yeah. But um, it's a fantastic book. It covers such amazing ground. Uh, I I believe that every life-related and doctrinal-related and theological-related question people have would be addressed in this book. It is just such a fundamental, amazing book. And it's taken me the the past four months. And often I would sit here and just sit in a week, you know, just with, wow, the unveiling. And it it just concludes in the wedding. And it concludes in, 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 it's just, it's an amazing book. I really can't wait for people to just, just, just dig into it. So it's available. You just launched it not even a week ago. So that's and now I'm back in, in, in Luke 19 and I'm enjoying Luke 19 so much. I'll send you some of it. <laughs> I'd love that. Is Luke um, the first gospel you've translated? No, I've done John. John is also available as a separate book. Okay. So so Luke was the next one. I've done I've done Paul. Most of the my time in the mirror was just a focus on Paul's ministry, and then I began with John's epistle and with Baxter's Baxter Kruger's enthusiasm. You know, I really felt you know I need to get more into it because I had like one or two chapters of John done, and then I did the Gospel of John, and out of that we went into the Book of Revelation in 20, 2016 when we moved here, beginning yeah. of twenty sixteen. So for two years I was just engaged with the Book of Revelation, and then I felt very strong, you know, that I want to get get stuck into Luke now and, 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 and doing the Gospel of Luke and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. I actually released it in, in little volumes as well. You can buy volume one, volume two of eight chapters each, but it's included in the latest Mirror. And by the way, we've, I've seen this one that, it, that we've printed in South Africa. It's still the 700, uh, the, what is it, just 784 pages. But the, the, the latest one the, the, that I've just released now doesn't have any more um, uh, new chapters, but it has 30 more pages because having done Divine Embrace, I've retweaked hundreds of scriptures, you know, because Divine Embrace just captures so many of the wonderful mirror messages, mirror texts with a commentary extended in it. So if, I think it's now 980 pages. And that one, the soft cover, the paperback is available. We're just waiting for the hardback to be released as well. But this, the softback is already available with with amazing, amazing. And also the, the app. And if people cannot afford to buy an app or a Bible, they must just write to me. You, you've got my contact detail. We'll make sure that we give them the app for free. But the app is amazing. The app has 
Um, uh, the original one, unfortunately, we had a huge problem with the, with the first developer, and so we, it's 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 not working anymore. But we have a new one that was released, I think, about almost two years ago now, beginning of or end of 2018. I'm not, yeah yeah beginning of 2019, and and. Um, that one is being updated all the time. We have a wonderful team of, of technical people that help us with that, you know. And, and so I'm so happy to, 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 to release. And also the Kindle has just been updated as well, the Kindle app, the, the, the Kindle Mirror Bible. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for the time. Like, this is so My cool. Precious brother. I'm in Canada, and we're, we're having a lovely conversation. This I, is uh, wonderful, Ben. I hope we do this again sometime. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you. Fantastic, Mike. Thank you so much. Love to you and your precious family. Thank you, my wife. Thanks. Wonderful. Loves reading the mirror. I use the mirror on Sunday mornings. I, I use it in my PowerPoints. Um, I have multiple translations I use. I use the Passion Translation. I use yours. Fantastic, yeah. I pair them all because people need to see there's many voices. Exactly. 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 Oh. I enjoy it all the time. I've got so many tr different translations that I constantly <laughs> reference. Here is a, a wonderful one on the book of Acts. I'm going to start with Acts soon by J.B. Oh. Phillips. And it okay. was written in my birth year, year 1955. And I'm particularly fond of Dr. Luke. And he's and, and you must you must just hear this man writing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, look, look at this. I'll just read you one sentence. I wasn't sure. going to do this. I'm just, I just saw it lying there. So, uh, but now in much, this is J.B. Phillips. He writes this uh, 65 years ago. Hmm. Now in much modern evangelism, the main plank of the platform is the emphasis again and again upon the utter sinfulness of man. The hmm. Bible says all have sinned. The modern evangelist will shout. That's 65 years ago, brother. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says all our, rights, all our righteousness are filthy rags. But is it not this book? But is not this book a legitimate part of the Bible, speaking about the book of Acts? Luke, knowing nothing of this emphasis on man's depravity, says quite simply of the unconverted Cornelius that he was a devout man and one that feared God. And then he, he, he goes and, you know, call no man common or unclean. <laughs> Peter got a, a humbling. Uh, he, he got his butt whooped, you know, and said, hey, I'm not to call anybody unclean or unholy. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's staying at the Tanner's place, at a place he's not supposed to be at as a good Jew. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, my goodness. Uh, yep. Isn't that fantastic? What a day we live in. Mike, we bless you. Long life and health and, and lots of joy. <laughs> Thank you. I'll Thank you, you so again. much. I'll message you about uh, uh, getting access to some of your books. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. God bless you, man. Okay. Join me next time on Still Growing in Grace for more good news. Enjoy previous episodes by downloading our podcast at growingingrace.ca. You can also visit hopefellowshipycc.com to find our service times and location. If this show has been an encouragement to you, please consider making a donation today at growingingrace.ca and help us keep spreading this good news. Thank you again for tuning in to Still Growing in Grace.